And your neck, run it back. Welcome to Central Alabama Crime Stoppers Podcast. Crime Stoppers is a nonprofit organization serving the state of Alabama to bring together law enforcement, media, and the community in the fight to stop, solve, and prevent crime. Now, let's start the show. Hey, hello everyone. This is Tony Garrett. I'm the executive director of Central Alabama Crime Stoppers, and welcome to our podcast. Today we are joined by all the, the uh, directors of Central Alabama Crime Stoppers. Uh, let's start with uh, Andre. Yes, my name is Andre Mitchell, and director of um, operation training. Right. And my name is Ray Wagner. I'm the director of law enforcement relations. And what we're trying to do today is uh, we're trying something new. We want to try to come to you probably every month and give you just a rundown of what we do at Central Alabama Crime Stoppers to give the people that follow us on the news and on our Facebook page and website to give you an idea of what we do and what it takes to run a Crime Stoppers program. Let's start off. Ray, Andre, you guys have been working hard. Uh, I've been working hard myself. What do our stats look like for the year of 2021? Uh, we end up coming in at um, 1,487 tips. In 2020, that's a span of the 12 months all the way to the 31st. We came in at 1,663. In 2021, still have approximately 14 to 15 days left in the um, year to close out. So that number will elevate just a little bit more. And that was how many? 1,000? 1, yeah, 1,487. What did we do last year? In 2020, it was 1,663. So we'll probably make up that two, 300. Yeah, possibly. In the next 15 days. Just to let the audience know, that's not how many telephone calls we receive in a month. I mean, in a year. That's just how many we turn over to law enforcement. Right. That's just the calls that actually generated a case, a tip that we actually sent over to the different agency. Right. Um, for the people that don't know, let's start off with when we receive a telephone call or a tip, what's the process? Well, once we receive that, that information, um, of course, we put it in a packet through the uh, P3 Tips app and send it out to whichever law enforcement agency that tips belongs to. Once we send that tip to law enforcement, it's their responsibility to actually follow up on that tip. That tip doesn't mean to go out and make an arrest. It's simply to follow up on that tip. Okay. Uh, Andre, what happens when the tip is someone makes an arrest? Uh, once someone's arrest has been made, um, generally we've, we've been training the agency to do a disposition sup to send to us so we can go ahead and close that out um, through the media outlets and along through the city of Montgomery as well. Okay. And after that, Ray, a uh, reward is offered. How is that? Once the deposition, like Andre just said, once we receive the deposition, we then will go in and, like he said, uh, let the media know to counsel this case out and um, – in the P3 tip system, there's a reward scale. We would go on that reward scale, put it rather if it was, a, you know, how many cases was actually closed from that case. If you have, say you have four or five different felonies in that case and law enforcement had trouble contacting that person, the more serious the crime, of course, the more the reward. But on certain cases, say like a homicide, that's automatically $1,000. If you go out and strike a law enforcement officer, hit him, kick him, whatever the case may be, and as actively uh, search for that person, we will pay out $2,500. And if it's a case over five years, such as a cold case, that's automatically $5,000. So certain numbers are set, and the other numbers are generated through the P3 tip system. I was just on the news the other day. People, I uh, think the reporter asked me, well, do you guys actually pay out uh, your rewards? 
Yes, we do. We actually pay out the rewards. Coming from law enforcement, I knew that the rewards were paid out. But since I started working with Crime Stoppers, I actually know the rewards are being paid out. So to answer your question, Tony, yes, Crime Stoppers actually pays out rewards, yes. And what uh, Andre goes through, he goes through the software and he actually picked up on some uh, stats that I wasn't aware of until he started playing with uh, the software, which is a P3 Tips uh, software that we use, uh, which is uh, associated with our app. He came up with a stat that says that only 40% of the tips that our board vote on to be paid is actually picked up. Why do you think that? Well, basically what happens is you have a lot of people that call in that doesn't necessarily want the reward. They just want to really just see a person off the street. So basically they just want to assist the law enforcement in, you know, apprehending that person. So, but then you have a lot that actually receive that money. But, but like I say, there's many people out there that just want to do the right thing. That makes uh, everyone else feel good because um, when people do call in, they're actually being a good citizen and they're, they feel, I always say, empowered. Exactly. Uh, because we've got a lot of elderly people, people that are going through, victims, that uh, they're looking to get out of a situation and they, they need an anonymous program like ourselves to call. Absolutely. So a lot of people don't know that 40%, only 40% of people that call pick up rewards. Yep. Do you have a stat for us? How much uh, did we vote on uh, to pay out this year? I don't have a stat for that, but I'm quite sure we plug it in on our next um, conversation. Okay. Yeah, so the next time uh, when we uh, come to you each month, we'll probably go over some of the cases. Uh, we're not going to do it today, but we're going to go over some of the cases that we, we highlighted within the, within the month. We'll tell you whether they were solved or if they're still pending. And maybe we can tell you some of the good things for us uh, when the tipster does call in and uh, the police make that arrest. We'll probably be able to give updates on things like that. Right now, Ray... We have a program that's right now, I'm listening to the news or I'm looking at newscasts saying that these people are running out of stores, that 30, 40, 50 people go into a store and they just grab a whole bunch of stuff and just run out. We do have a program. It's called um, Coalition Against Retail Theft, in which we simply call court meeting. Uh, that's where we go around the state of Alabama and meet with mainly the big box stores. When I mean big box stores, I mean Sam's, Lowe's, Kohl's, Walmart's, uh, Target's, and, and stores of that nature. We meet with them monthly in Prattville, Montgomery, then we go over to Birmingham to the Galleria and over to Leeds, Alabama. But what we do is, it's basically a program where we, Central Alabama Crime Stoppers, join forces with retailers and law enforcement agencies to share information regarding organized retail crime. So what we do is once these people are basically identified or if we're looking for the identity of a person, we'll go to an app called GroupMe, where all these other um, loss prevention specialists from these stores are on. Say you shoplift in Clanton and you go either to Prattville or Clanton or wherever you may need to go to try and return these, this item. Well, once we put you on this GroupMe or the CART program through the uh, Coalition Against Retail Theft, we're able to identify you and put you in this ring. So if you're a ring from, I, don't, I hate to call out areas, but Selma, Montgomery, Private, wherever you may be from, Phoenix City, Opelika, we're starting to keep up with you and place you in a group so we will know who you are for future references. Actually, before we just started this podcast, we received, what, uh, two or three calls on a, a theft case that we're working that possibly identified a male and a female going out of a store. 
is prevalent in um, in the state of Alabama, and we serve 26 counties. Are we that bad as far as are we seeing those uh, 30 or 40 people running in and out of stores? We're trying to actually identify these people. You know, we're using facial recognition programs. We're using, like I said, the loss prevention personnel. So far, let's take 2020 numbers, for example. In 2020, just off of this GroupMe app, we identified 250 people for misdemeanors and 90 for felonies just by the group me. So far this year, in 2021, we've had 439 people identified for misdemeanors and 212 for felonies. So as you can tell, the numbers are growing from year to year. Even through COVID and even through all the variants, the numbers are still growing. Um, we're also finding out that these, these people are also starting to carry weapons now. So we try and update the people on the group me order loss prevention in these stores of the newest trends say they're using kids to do the shoplifting say they're using different type of bags and different type of um, instruments to help them go out the back doors of these stores and so forth so under this program we also again keeping everybody updated on the ways that these criminals are starting to do these crimes. Okay, so well, you still didn't answer my question. Do we have 30, 40 people running in and out of stores? Yes. But, well, not really in this area. We may get five or 10, but we're not up to the 20 and 30 yet. Yeah, I, th I think I remember, I was putting you on the spot. I think I remember probably about 15, maybe about two or three years ago, yeah, running years out of ago. stores. I agree with that. I think we identified the majority of those. Uh, what we try to do, we try to make them famous. I think we had... Matter of fact, it was uh, 14 or 20 juveniles that was going in and out of gas stations, stealing beer and then going back to apartments or something, having block parties or, or big parties or something. I think uh, we made them famous. Actually, out of that group, I remember from being everywhere, from Prattville to Montgomery to Selma to Clanton, pretty much that group consisted of people from all over the place. Yes, uh, I mean, we identified a lot of people, and we got a lot of telephone calls off of that, and uh, it generated a lot of buzz at the church, churches, uh, barbershops. If you were looking at the news uh, during that time frame, everyone was talking about this group of young adults, uh, which they all of them were juveniles, and some of them were 22, 23 young adults going into these gas stations, and really they didn't realize the stress that they were putting on employees because the employees didn't know what to expect. You're not going to try to stop. You're a single male or female, young, working as a cashier at a gas station, and 20, 30 people walk in and start stealing stuff. I mean, you're thinking about your health. True. Well, I mean, the same thing at the big box stores. We've got them shoplifting, using handguns and, and mace and a little bit of everything now. A lot of stores' policy is don't run out the store behind them. Just get information and pass over to law enforcement so that they can pass it over to us. So, I, like you said a few minutes ago, we can make them famous. One more thing, and then we're going to end this episode. Right now, I had my pastor and I had several other people come to me and said, hey, is it really getting that bad? And we see it on national news. This is for you, Andre, because you came from the homicide unit and you that's all you dealt with was death investigations and shootings. Is it really getting that bad where the citizens in Alabama can say that, hey, we don't need to leave our house? It's scary out there. Or is it just a media bubble that we're living in where we just get the reports a lot quicker? And so it gives the appearance that all hell has gone bad in the state. The city is still safe, thanks to the law enforcement, you know, Montgomery Police Department. 
the problem is um, there has been a spike in um, major crimes and into the violent crimes. But uh, the problem with that is community has to get involved in everything that's going on. Uh, the police department cannot do it by themselves. So from the time that I retired two years ago, I've seen a small in, uh, increase of the amount of um, deadly crimes. But however, you know, everyone must play their part as far as in the community. And if they see something, they need to say something. They don't necessarily have to call the police. They can call Crime Stoppers. But to answer the question, um, should you stay at your house? No, you shouldn't be a victim at your own residence. You should be able to move freely about throughout the city uh, without worried about anything um, happening to you. So therefore, you depend upon the law enforcement um, partners to uh, keep you safe. Yeah, I know you mentioned Montgomery here, and I know that's force, force of habit. Absolutely. Uh, you came from Montgomery Police Department. But what about the other agencies that we serve? Uh, we serve 26 counties now. Can you get to speak to the police chiefs and the investigators right. on a regular basis, uh, you and Ray? What are their concerns? What are, what are the police chiefs saying? Are, are they... I uh, know you're not going to say word for verbatim what they're saying, but uh, what indicator are they, indicators are they giving about crime in their communities? Well, the, the problem is the, the crime is spiking just a little bit based on you got to look at coronavirus. Um, there's everything that's going on. People lost jobs. People lost a lot of money. And one of the biggest issues that law enforcement across the nation is facing is a lot of people do not want to become a law enforcement officer anymore. So it's hard to hire those people that – used to be committed to the law enforcement area, but now they're looking at the liability of um, being sued, um, being locked up, regardless of what they do. So yes, it's, when you have less officers on the street, you're gonna have probably a spike in crime due to the fact that only a few officers can't, they can't be in every spot at every you know, single minute. Each person that we that Ray and I have spoken with has said the same thing. I mean, it's hard to keep them employed. And that's one of the biggest issues that's being faced right now across the nation. I think we've spoken for a little over 15 minutes. We don't want to give too much. The next episode will probably be in January. Um, we'll be getting ready for our annual luncheon, where we'll actually go over in detail our annual stats, uh, statistics. Uh, we'll be giving out uh, awards to officers of the year, uh, 25, if I'm not mistaken, from all over the state. We'll be uh, recognizing uh, our reporter for the year and our loss prevention officer of the year from retail stores. Uh, did I miss anything? School resource officer. And school resource officer. That's a big thing right now. Did you know, this is for the audience, did you know that we offer $500 for any gun that is pretty much found on a school campus, including football, basketball games, after school events? Uh, matter of fact, Ray, uh, can you chime in on that? Uh, do we, uh, we just... We're, we have several um, rewards pending, if I'm not mistaken. Correct, correct. We currently have uh, uh, three to four agencies now to actually reward these kids for their information. So uh, if there's any kids listening, great job. Keep up the good work. Like Andre said earlier, see something, say something. And understand, these are incidents that could have easily made national news if one of these guns would have went off on the school grounds. It could have easily made national news and we could have easily been talking about a death or assault that occurred at a school. But these students took it upon themselves to say that, no, I don't want it in my school and pretty much identified them, told authorities where they can get these guns. So this is leadership at its best because I guarantee it, a adult that's at a 
business or their job, they're going to go ahead and call police or tell someone if another employee has a gun at their workplace. If you're not, you're stupid in this day and age. Hmm. Correct, correct. <laughs> also under this program, we work this program with ATF, which is Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms and Explosives. So we want to thank them for partnering with us on this uh, program for the school system and these weapons. Yes, I'm glad you said that because uh, they actually uh, collected data from that and they determine or try to determine where uh, these people are getting these guns and how they're getting onto our school grounds. So they actually do the hard work I'm trying to find out where these guns are coming from and try to uh, even create new laws for us to keep us safe. So uh, it's a great program, and we're going to go ahead and close on that part. Remember, we're a nonprofit. We're here for you, and we're here to empower the community. Uh, we're not a snitching program. If you feel that your life is in danger, someone else's life is in danger, or someone is just doing wrong and they need to be taken off the street, that's why we're here. So see something, say something. Thank you for listening to Central Alabama Crime Stoppers podcast. We are a nonprofit organization serving the state of Alabama. If you have any information regarding a crime, please contact the police or Crime Stoppers using our anonymous 24-hour tip line at 215-STOP, area code 334, by downloading our P3 Tips app from your app store. When you call, be sure to receive a tip ID and password in order to dialogue with investigators in case there is a follow-up question. You can also contact us at our toll-free number at 1-833-AL1-STOP or visit our website at 215stop.com and follow us on Facebook at Central Alabama Crime Stoppers. Always remember, if you see something, say something. And your Nick, running back.